Hello, friends, and welcome to a new work week. It's Monday, the 11th day of July, up and running into the middle of the seventh month of the year. My family and I will be on our way to Missouri at the end of the week. We'll be celebrating my daughter Lauren's 18th birthday, and we're going to St. Louis, Missouri. We're going to meet our son Lucas so he can celebrate with us, and that's probably the last time we get to be with him in the summer. Um, as he's breaking away from work and training for a few days so that he can be with us. And then uh, the fall semester of his grad school and then the fall semester of Lauren's first year of undergrad school is coming up very quickly. So we're, like most of you, trying to cram in some vacations. And we're also going to make a little ministry trip of it by ministering for our good friend Dan Morrison and the great congregation of Living Word Church in Leesburg, Missouri, they are, Leesburg is a little community just down Interstate 44, if you're heading southwest out of St. Louis, uh, 44 sort of diagonally crisscrosses across the state from St. Louis to Memphis and then on into Oklahoma. So if you're coming out of St. Louis, 45 minutes or so, and maybe an hour, uh, you'll come across Leesburg. It's right there. You can see the church on the road uh, there at 44 and what a time. We always have such a good time with Dan. It's a great church. I highly recommend it if you're in that part of Missouri to go be a part of a grace community that will love you, that promotes Jesus in the finished work and grace. And uh, what a what a special place. We'll be there Sunday morning. That's the 17th of July. Details on our website. Okay. For a couple of days now, we've been... Well, yesterday, I just got off on a tangent about spiritual mentorship, what is that a real thing? And that was really a diversion. It was it kind of started in my head as a Paul and Timothy thing. And then it went into my own life and I it was fresh because of an incident. And I told you all about that yesterday that I had heard from the Holy Spirit in my own life. And I haven't gotten to dig into my favorite part of verse 10. So for today and at least today and tomorrow, because there's a couple things I want to say, we're going to deal with the latter half of verse 10 where Paul, let's read the whole verse, this is 2 Timothy 1.10, but now has been revealed, that's grace, grace and purpose of God has been revealed by the appearing or the epiphany of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The reason I love the latter half of that verse so much is twofold. One, it shows the power of the finished work of Jesus to abolish death and bring life and immortality to light through the good news. So as you preach the good news, that's what people see. Second reason I like it is because it's got so much interesting theology crammed into it, theology that, let's be honest, frankly, we don't deal with very often. And let me reread it. You, you caught it the first time, but let me slow down and show you what I mean when I say a theology we don't deal with very often. He has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The reason why... I say we don't deal with this very often is because the phrase he has abolished death is one that we I most of us either have never realized was in the Bible or that's number 1 or number 2 we figure we just don't understand it because people are still dying and we don't go the third route which of course would be Paul didn't know what he was talking about because people are still dying, so this verse can't be true. We're past that. We either, you know, we believe that 
the words are inspired. And, and by that, I don't mean everything that's in there has the weight that everything else has. Please understand that. You know that as well as I do. Um, but we still can't just ignore it. We can't, so number three is not even an option. We can't go, well, Paul thought that Paul's an idiot. So, you know, people still die. <laughs> um, the, the first one, the, the, the we don't even realize is in the Bible. I have a feeling that's the majority of people. They don't know that there's a New Testament verse that tells us that when Jesus appears, appeared, he abolished death. I don't think they fit, they know that's in the Bible. I think that a lot of people think that when Jesus appears someday, he will abolish death. In fact, I heard an argument the other day against any kind of New Testament fulfillment of last days. And you got to work hard, in my opinion, to get around a, a New Testament era of at least some of, if not a majority of, the eschatological verses. And an argument against it that I heard just last week or so was Jesus could not have appeared in the past, specifically, say, AD 70, because when he comes, he will abolish death. And they were taking that idea as if 2 Timothy 1.10 is not in the Bible, in which Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, I know we need both halves of it. So all I'll say about the second half for now, because it's a few days away, is that the gospel, the good news, has brought to light. It didn't create life and immortality. It just brought to light that there is a life and there is immortality. Good news brings that to light. This text doesn't say that Jesus started making people live and that immortality began at the epiphany of Jesus. But no, he brought it to light through the good news. But what did he actually do? He abolished death. He didn't bring to light that death shall be abolished. He abolished death. And so what Christ did in his appearing, in his epiphany, and what he does as we have spiritual epiphanies of Christ, is he abolished death. So my question to you, and we're going to run out of time to really do this really do this justice, so we're just setting it up for tomorrow. My question to you then, that's in the Bible, and you believe that Paul's not off his rocker, and that Christ abolished death and brought life, is it possible that death, as used by the Apostle Paul, and perhaps as used by the Bible, means something else than what we naturally think of when we use the word death. Because let's be honest, when we use the word death, we believe that your heart has stopped beating and you've stopped pulling air into your lungs and that your brain function is gone and that your body is the only thing that's left. The spirit is gone, the body is left, and when the body is void of the spirit, it begins to rot instantaneously. And we're not wrong. That's a good clinical definition of death, or at least an understanding of it. But what if our understanding of that and the biblical use of that do not always line up? And that's something worth exploring, and it's where we'll start tomorrow. I'll see you then. Have a great day. God bless.